At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we're rolling in three, two, one, enter music. Yes, sirree. And welcome to the very, very first edition Facebook Live with a guest. Never tried it before, but my friend James Cooley was kind enough to try it with me. So here we are, Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. And I have with us a special, special guest from the United States. He is all over Texas and California. This is Mr. James Cooley, a military veteran and the host of It's Your Life Radio. James, thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for having me, Mark. Thank you for having me. Well, it was a pleasure to be on your show as part of that panel. And uh, as you said, that was a good show. It got some good coverage and some good response. So thank you so much for returning the, the favor and being on mine. Now, I actually uh, wanted to talk to you about It's Your Life radio show. Let's, let's start with that, maybe. Maybe that's the, the easiest way to, to get, get off on the right foot. It's Your Life radio. Tell me about it and what started it. Like, why did you decide, yep, I'm going to have me a radio show and this is the direction I want to take? Well, let me tell you, it's, it's, uh, I never intended to have a radio show. I went on someone else's radio show uh, to uh, promote my book uh, in San Diego. And so uh, my, my, my new book, Country Boy, City Boy, you know, so I, I went on her show. Her name was Paula Shaw. Uh, and um, ironically, you know, the, everything went extremely well. And after the show was over, I was leaving and uh, what she did was took me to the general manager, introduced me to him, and he talked to me for five minutes and said, have you ever thought about having your own or radio show? And that's how that started, and that's uh, 51 shows ago. <laughs> so, but It's Your Life is about uh, influencers. It's about ordinary people. It's about um, people that want to make a difference in, in others' lives. Uh, it's all about someone coming on the show, telling their story, trials and tribulations, and how they went about uh, resolving some of those problems. And so uh, we have school teachers, we have doctors, lawyers, actors, uh, artists, I mean, you name it. It's because everybody, regardless of what occupation or what you're doing, Everybody has some issues or some concerns that they go through in life. And my show is an avenue to talk about those things and encourage others that if I can get through these things, you can too. 
there's a uh, term that I just love that was uh, told to me last summer called recover out loud. And it really shows the power of telling your story because if somebody can relate to that story and go, Hey, that's, that sounds like what I'm going through. Maybe there is hope. Maybe I can keep going. Maybe I'm not going to commit suicide today. And that's how the, the true power of telling your story and recovering out loud, it gives other people strength and actually does save lives because um, it's a beacon of hope that there is, if you keep, pushing through there is help there is hope there is recovery there is healing and thank you so much for for what you do now i know that you have um you always keep a positive spin on things you know it, it can sound like doom and gloom and oh poor me when when we're talking about our problems all the time but tell me about that positivity and why it's so important to keep it in your show and uh, in those conversations well i believe that uh Regardless of whatever situation or circumstance, there's always good in that. Most people look for the bad and they surround themselves with the bad and they pity themselves. I believe that uh, you have to have a positive attitude regardless of whatever conditions that you're going through and always look for the good in that and let that uh, overtake the, the problems or the issues that you have. And, and work from it from that perspective. So in my show, uh, you see that uh, everything, even in that situation, we, we, we identify the light, the shining light, because uh, it's not going to be dark all the time. And the light must shine. And the light has to shine. I know that at uh, peer support groups, some people have a bad experience their first time out. They come out to a peer support group, and they go, oh, man, it's just a bunch of people bitching and whining, and uh, and that's all it is. And that's why at our peer support groups, we acknowledge the struggle, but we focus on the recovery. We focus on the tools of overcoming that struggle. And it's not pretending that that struggle isn't there. Not at all. You have to face it. you got to face what you're dealing with. But once that is faced... You have to take steps. You have to have a commitment. You've got to make some decisions. So the the mindset of that, it's constructive or destructive. It's so important to have that constructive mindset and to always be trying to keep your feet moving in the right direction. Um, now, tell me a bit about your military service, James. Okay, I spent 23 years uh, in the United States Navy. Uh, I went in as an enlisted guy, uh, as a young enlisted guy. I worked my way up through the ranks, and I retired as a commission officer. Uh, But uh, the military, my service, gave me the foundation of where I'm at today. Uh, Because uh, through hard work, through perseverance, through the separation, uh, uh, through battles in war, I mean, you... It's going to become tough if you can keep an open mind. So um, the military, uh, in my opinion, just like I said, it gave me all of those things and also gave me a chance to travel around the world to see how other folks live and see how other folks are living and struggling and this and that. And uh, uh, that led me to want to do something 
in my power to help others out. So um, really enjoyed the military, um, the duties that, it, that I, I served at. I served at the Pentagon, the White House, uh, <laughs> I had my own command. And so uh, just, just loved it. That's a pretty interesting career, especially uh, being in places like the Pentagon and, and, and the White House. Those are very interesting postings. You must have seen, you know, have a lot of stories that you wish you could tell, but you can't. <laughs> well, I, I look at it as it was a job. I'm just, I was just there doing um, what I was told to do. Um, and, uh, you know, just learn from all of those experiences. had an opportunity to meet a lot of folks that ordinarily – I probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to meet or serve with. And, you know, just like I also mentioned that there are trials and tribulations uh, with uh, military service. I mean, it's not all glorified, uh, but, you know, but most of it, just like I said, it's all about the attitude. As far as your civilian life, what is the biggest thing that your military service has brought to you that has helped you succeed in civilian life? I believe it's communication. I mean, because I mean, you, you, in the military, when you first go in, you are primarily a listener. I mean, but, you know, you, you've been told what to do, this, that, all of these types of things, and you have to develop discipline, and you have to uh, develop uh, who you are. So in, in the military, uh, it, it taught me all of those things because, um, before you are able to uh, lead, you must follow. <laughs> yeah, you must follow. You have to learn all of these types of things, and you have to grab values, and you have to uh, be able to respect others. And and once you've been in for a while, you wear about five or six different hats, and depending on who you're talking to, communicating with, because everybody. Everybody not think the same way, and one shoe do not fit all. So uh, I would say that uh, discipline and communication was the biggest keys that the military taught me, and making sure that uh, when I got out, I could be successful in the civilian world. How long have you been out now? How long have I been out? I I, I retired in two thousand and one. So quite, so quite a while, which makes my next question relevant. A lot of people have a great deal of trouble transitioning into civilian life. Was that, how was that transition for you? Well, you know, it's, I can tell you that I was nervous uh, coming out of the military because for 23 years, that's all that, that I had done. And, uh, the uncertainties of can you cope uh, with uh, the civilian world to actually having a job out there when that definitely the only job. I believe that I was in positions uh, where I worked around companies, even in the military. And uh, the transition was not really that difficult for me because before I got out, I was offered about seven or eight jobs <laughs> to uh, because I work with these guys, these companies, um, almost every day. So uh, the transition to, to me wasn't bad. Uh, the learning curve, since I already was working in that field, that wasn't that 
bad either. But I can tell you, making sure you pick the right organization to work for, uh, that's important. Because if you don't, uh, you can get stressed out, you can have problems. And, and in the military, we already have uh, problems for as focus sometimes through what I call PTSD and, and other disorders. And, and I can tell you that I was a victim, a victim meaning that I was diagnosed with, with that um, coming out of the military. And you, when we were talking offline, um, you said that the military didn't provide help for you. Is that, is that true? I, it was not clearly detected until I was out of the military, clearly detected. And uh, the VA did offer the Veterans Administration that he were the one that told me that I had PTSD uh, based on um, some of the things that I, I saw in the military, some of the places that I've been and situations and circumstances. And they did try to help me. But, uh, I mean, I couldn't adjust to taking the medicines and all of that uh, that that they was offering. So I had to uh, come up with another way of dealing with uh, uh, my uh, problems and issues. You know, so, but in the military, uh, it wasn't clearly diagnosed, uh, even though... Um, the doctor said all of this was a root cause from the military. Some of the things that you had done in places again. And so, and how have you dealt with it? Uh, how have you been coping? What are some of your tools and mechanisms? Well, what I do, uh, and I don't know what others, uh, but uh, always listen up in the situation, circumstances, you know, for us, anger or mass. I, I, I have learned how to take a step back, not get caught up in something that I can't deal with until mother. If it's out of my hands, I should not be wasting energy um, trying to fix something that I have no control of. Uh, I have learned to be able to step away, uh, have me some me time where I can think things out. And, uh, you know, uh, through fitness exercises, running, you know, when, I, when I'm feeling stressed out. All of those things work for me, and it keeps me off the, um, the medicines and stuff. Medicines are difficult. Um, sometimes they're necessary as an intervention. A lot of people, and cannabis is, is legal in Canada now, thank God. It's, it's legal in California too, isn't it? I mean, some places it's... Uh, it's, it's legal, uh, especially uh, uh, the ones that, you know, I'm talking about med- medicine, marijuana. Uh, so, but I, it's not fully legal in California, or in most states, it's not. Yeah. But I, from, for medical purposes, um, uh, a lot of states do uh, use that as a part uh, to solve certain problems. Well, it, it's a good coping medic- mechanism, and it's much safer medication than opiates. That's for darn sure. Um, but it's still not healing. But coping makes room for healing. So a lot of people, they, they talk about cannabis as a healing modality, but it isn't. It's a coping modality. 
Um, but while you're coping and keeping the stress levels down and keeping the anxiety down, that puts you in a place where you can do other activities. And the things that um, the, the tools that you are using, we talk about at peer support all the time. And I break it down into you use the stop method. So stop is to actually stop, take a breath, observe the situation, make sure that you understand it. You know, you don't react, you respond. And, um, and then after you've uh, taken that step back that you talk about, then you proceed. You proceed when you're not emotionally engaged. If you're still emotionally engaged, if you're still any higher than a 3 out of 10 emotionally, shut the hell up. Keep your pie hole shut. Do not take action. Do not engage. And once you're level, and then you're thinking level. There's uh, an, an old saying, when emotion is high, rationale is low. And this is something that we know uh, as, as soldiers, as seamen, and they talk about it all the time on the special teams. You know, um, when anxiety is right up, you're not thinking right. You're just reacting. And that reaction in a battle situation keeps you alive. And you need to just react and not think, or you die, and your friends die. But for the rest of life, when you're at the kitchen table, reacting instead of responding isn't good. When you bump into somebody and, and they're, they're a jerk to you and you react instead of respond, that's not good. This is how people end up in jail because they reacted without and not responded. So uh, you have figured out whether it be through your faith, your church, through observing. Uh, like, Where did you find the wisdom to stop, take a breath and take that step back? Well, where where did that come from, James, or did you just figure it out the hard way? Well, you know, uh, I when I used to react to certain things, some people, if they care about you, they, they point those things out. <laughs> uh, and if it's pointed out many, many times, you have to sit back and say, okay, am I really doing these things? And when you find yourself doing them, say, yeah, oh, I'm doing those things. I, I see it. I see myself doing it. And uh, I got to change. You know, so, and that comes from, first of all, being able to want to be better and do better. Uh, being able to say, well, I, I don't want to hurt others. Uh, I, because I'm, I'm, I'm having a depression attack or something with anxiety attack, I have to be able to control this. So uh, little by little more, I learned to, just like you said, step back, take a deep breath, think about it, and sooner or later you, you kind of uh, train yourself that every time something like this started to happen, that you have to just step back and say, oh, I ain't going there. Let me shut up. Uh, uh, I'm not going to create an argument. I'm, I'm not going to do any of those types of things. I'm just going to just take a deep breath and I'll come back and I'll address the issue later when I'm calm, when I had time to think about it. It is so good that uh, you were fortunate enough, and I'm guessing it's probably Michelle that would uh, tap you on the shoulder and go, now, James, come on now. <laughs> you know, let's Let's think about this. But having that uh, grounding force, um, unfortunately, my first marriage did not uh, do that for me, but my second marriage did. It was exactly that. It was my wife and her kind, compassionate tap on the shoulder to say, hey, that's too much. That's not okay. 
know, let's, let's talk about this. And it's so difficult because you think you're right. When you're upset, all you know is that you're upset. And, but you're sure that you're justified and you're sure that you're right and the other people are wrong and that it's, they are the problem. You're not the problem. They're the problem because they're the ones making me angry. And it's getting to the point where you realize, oh, I'm responsible for my own anger. I'm responsible for my reaction. How they act is on them. How I react is on me. Shit, I got to take, take responsibility for this. And unfortunately, as you've seen in the veteran community, sometimes people never do. And when they never do, they never recover because they never realize that the root problem is themselves. It's their own behaviors, not the behaviors of others. Um, it's kind of like road rage. Uh, when the road rage happens, we, we scream, well, they did this to me. So therefore I am mad at them. Okay. But they didn't make you mad. The the situation was angering, but you're not a puppet on a string. You're not a puppet on a string. And if you say, well, they made me mad. Okay. Then you're allowing yourself to be a puppet on a string, to be a marionette. Do you want that? Do you want to give away your power to somebody else? If you look at it that way, chances are the answer was always going to be no. So it is so important. And uh, are you still in touch with um, people that you serve directly with? Oh, absolutely. Um, some of them. Yeah, some of them. But um, a lot of them have been on my show um, recently, and a couple of them will be coming on again real soon. Uh, so I, I, I communicate with them. But getting back to what you said, uh, I uh, in dealing with certain things, especially when I'm dealing with my youth, you know, I mean, I, my nonprofit organization, the Jason Cooley Foundation, um, and a lot of times uh, depression, suicidal thoughts, all of that occurs a lot in teenagers uh, and in young adults. And so I go out and I teach them uh, the best way of getting through a problem is, first of all, your attitude that you got a problem. I mean, so we, we, we teach what we call the ACE program. ACE stands for attitude, commitment, and enthusiasm. But, so the attitude is always the key if you want to resolve something within yourself or outside of or your realm. Uh, you, you have to focus on, I can, I can, I can, I want to, I want to, I want to be better. I don't want to scream and holler. You know, so once you start focusing and getting the attitude right, then you have to commit yourself. So every time those, that stress level, the anxiety, uh, the depression, whatever is coming on, you have to commit to going back to the attitude. You know, it's, okay, let's think this one through. Let's think it through. Positive thinking, positive thoughts. You know, so attitude, commitment is then committing that yes, I can, I can uh, get through this as long as my attitude is right. Enthusiasm is every time something occurs, um, it's not bad. Sometimes uh, certain things happen to us 
that might not be good at the time. Uh, but we have to be excited about all of these things. But take the good with the bad. So you have to be enthusiastic about everything. You have to wake up every morning enthusiastic. You know, framing and thinking and focusing on, uh, I'm going to have a great day. Uh, I believe that all of these things help minimize uh, the effect of a person letting the dark side take over and them being mad all the time when I fight or scream or um, hurt somebody else. So attitude, commitment, most important, enthusiasm, uh, the ACE program. Um, and that's, that was one of the things that I probably should have told you a few minutes ago. That's how I went about training myself, uh, by utilizing that approach. Tell me about your foundation. My foundation is, 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 is uh, called Option Opportunities slash the Choice Program, overarching the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Uh, my foundation's primary uh, purpose of my foundation is to uh, – ensure that we're providing the necessary skill set, abilities, uh, leadership to our youth, you know, from primarily five years of age up to 19, sometimes 2021. And what we do is uh, we mentor uh, our youth. Uh, we do inspirational breakfast, meaning that I get a lot of them in the room right now. You know, that's kind of tough uh, with COVID. Uh, we take them on mission trips. Uh, we take them uh, to Mexico uh, to build houses. Um, tomorrow we build a house in, in eight hours, believe it or not, from scratch. Um, but they, they are the ones that are building that because we're teaching teamwork. We're teaching skill sets. We just, we're teaching them how to give back. Museum um, of Tolerance, so we take them there, uh, you know, teaching them that uh, the world is not always time. Uh, and so that they can understand what bad was and what bad is, uh, you know, and that we should not be treating people like that. Uh, what we do is also uh, we speak at uh, at least 50 to 60 events a year, which I do uh, at high schools, uh, elementary school, middle schools, some colleges, churches. Um, we get our youth involved because it's up to us to take our today's youth and, you know, get on the necessary skills to be our leaders of tomorrow. So it's a combination of all of those things. Um, we give away scholarships. Uh, up to this point, I, I say in six years, we probably have given away about 180 scholarships. Holy now, smokes. These are, these are not gigantic scholarships. It's what we call a UCAN scholarship. Yeah. A UCAN scholarship means that we want to see as many kids walk across that stage, get their names home. And uh, our scholarships range from anywhere from $250 to $1,000. Uh, and uh, we average about 30 a year, we, depending on how much money and how much uh, sponsors that we have. But it's all the show. My foundation is all about showing our youth and our young adults that uh, regardless of what situation or circumstances you might have been in, um, it, you can do it. And I use myself as an example. And that's why uh, my book, Country Boy, City Boy Journey, that ain't over yet, it talks about this little boy uh, beginning at six years of age, um, 
growing up in poverty, uh, it was uh, 10 of us. My mom had 10 kids uh, by six different fathers, and she was never married, and she was not able to comfortably take care of all of us. Uh, and I know it's a lot of folks that maybe not in that type of situation, uh, but um, I use myself as an example that I came up through that. I went to school, I got education, I became a military officer, retired, and et cetera, that you can do it too if you have the right frame of mind, if you have the right attitude, and if you want to. So my foundation teaches all of those things. So critical. Uh, the bottom line is that you're, you don't have to be a slave to your past. You know, your past, your past does not have to dictate your present and your future. You know, one thing, uh, uh, let me add to that a little bit. Uh, one thing that we talked about is, you know, you, you never want to be a slave to your past. You never want to walk backwards. Yeah. You never want to walk backwards. However, I think it's, a, I think it's very important to remember where you came from. Remember. <laughs> you know, so remember, but That's, don't live it. Don't it's important to stay it. humble. Got to remember that past for the humility to stay humble because if you succeed and then turn into an arrogant jerk, well, that's not any better. <laughs> that's that's not a step forward. You know, uh, it's the character of a person, not how much money they have in the bank. I mean, if if you've done well and you've profited from it, that's wonderful. You deserve every nickel of it. But um, physical wealth, having a garage full of really cool cars, is not success. It is who you are, and typically, the better you are as a human being, the you tend to do well if uh, with with the physical world, with this world that we live in of possessions and RRSPs and and whatnot. Uh, when you bring more value to the world because of who you are, it, you tend to do okay. God ten, tends to look after you because you've been looking after others. You're absolutely right. And, you know, just to finish that up, what I was saying about the past, you, you never, you, you always want that to be uh, where you can just look at it, but not, not live it. We always have to stay in the present, you know, today. I mean, because uh, yesterday, well, you, you're a changed person, but you live today. You focus on today. You focus on doing good, making uh, someone happy, bringing joy to somebody, making yourself happy. And you also, then you concentrate on tomorrow. I'm not saying prepare. Pe- always prepare for tomorrow, but tomorrow is not promised. So I believe that a person should do a good deed every day. I mean, even, I mean, just going up, talking to somebody if you can, find out how that person uh, feel, uh, just ha- hello. I-, I said hello to everybody. And in certain states, I don't know if you know, certain states, you, you, uh, case in point, New York. I, I, I'm in New York. I'm speaking to everybody. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And it's like that goes, in uh, London, England, when I have English guests on. It's like, that maniac just said hello to me. <laughs> 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 but, and my wife said, well, in New York, they don't do that. Uh, they, they know you're not from here. But I, that's the only way I know is to, you know, be happy, say hello, and just uh, 
just try to bring some joy or whatever I can, because you never know how a person might be feeling. Uh, and just by you being kind and uh, just speaking to them, talking with that person, you might have just saved that person from going and trying to commit suicide or something like that because that's the major issue these days. It's not hard yes, to ruin somebody's day, and it's not hard to make somebody's day. Uh, something as simple as a, as a smile. What uh, you'll notice is that if you smile at somebody, it, it's, most of them can't help it. They'll smile back. Just as something as simple as, as a kind smile, because that smile says, I see you, and I'm glad to see you, and you have a place in this world. It, a smile is so powerful. And even if you're feeling like a bag of rocks, when you smile at somebody and they smile back, you know what happens? You are now feeding, it creates a positive feedback loop. So you gave them the positive feedback, they return the positive feedback, and you both feel better. It's a wonderful thing. And if it's somebody that uh, doesn't smile back, that never feels good, if they ignore you, pretend to that you're not there, just know that they're having a day. And that's probably how most of their life is and feel bad for them. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. To, sorry to hear that's you, <laughs> but keep smiling anyway, because the next person's going to smile back. James, I think we're about there. My friend, uh, we're about half an hour in and, uh, stay on the line. Thank you so much for, for being here. We hit all the good topics. Uh, uh, I was just about to ask you about your book, but you brought in the book and uh, we, all the segues worked just bing, bang, boom. But thank you for what you do and for your kindness and um, for your kindness to me as well, uh, which I, is probably so natural to you. You don't even know that you're doing it, uh, but you're a very kind and generous person and it, it matters. You knew how to make my day, and um, uh, it's, it's not hard to do. It's, uh, be, being kind is free, isn't it? It is. And uh, one other thing, Mark, I would love to get you back on the show real soon. Uh, I have, I've been following you, watching your shows, and there's a couple of things uh, that I have seen that I think my listening audience uh, would be delightful uh, to really get an understanding of what, what you're doing. Uh, the message, the positive message that, that you, you're bringing. And uh, just letting them know that, hey, we all have some type of issues or concerns at times, but we don't have to stay there. And so a lot of things that you are doing is, uh, I, I really enjoyed clicking on to, to your shows. <laughs> and, and I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to come on yours. Well, I do appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll just have a big appreciation group hug party. <laughs> All right, James. Um, uh, if I lose you, because we haven't done this Facebook Live interview thing before, uh, just stay on the line anyway. You're listening okay. to Operation Tango Romeo, the special Facebook Live edition. To find more episodes of Operation Tango Romeo, go to OperationTraumaRecovery.org. That's OperationTraumaRecovery.org. Or look for Operation Tango Romeo on your favorite podcast platform. We are available on Spotify, Google, Anchor.fm, and several others. If you can't find it, just go to the website, OperationTraumaRecovery.org. Thank you for tuning in, and have a wonderful, fantastic day.
At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. <laughs> 